Welcome to the Biohacker's Guide for Women Only. You are listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman. I am Jessica Fernandez-Cruz. And I am Yen B. Trung. Life extension, longevity, biotech, digital health technology, and prevention are all the fields of health that we've been working in for over 15 years. We've worked alongside world-renowned physicians, Nobel laureates, experts, and top biohackers. We were at the forefront of a lot of the science that is being used today for biohacking. Our mission is to bring to you all this knowledge and information and create a biohacking community for women. Join us today on our journey into biohacking our bodies. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, Wonder Women. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining. And here we are again. Hey, Yemvi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm doing good. It's been a long week. I have to say that I'm trying to keep my energy up, but there are days that I'm like, oh, come on, Jess, you can do this. <laughs> well, it's pretty much the end of the day for you, isn't it? It's pretty late in the day in Madrid. But still, I feel, you know, I don't know if this has happened to you. I mean, we will get into the subject now, ladies, don't worry. But uh, I just wanted to tap into this for a second about coming back to real life is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, you're right, because I had to, I live about an hour away from Miami. And I remember just last week I had to drive down to Miami for a talk and then it's just coming back and I was exhausted just from the drive itself and then just like, the amount of energy that you, that you're not used to putting out as well. You know, I was at a conference, so um, I was exhausted. But I also find that I'm, I'm starting to, I think it makes me tired, is the having to arrive to places on time. So you have to calculate the time when you leave and then there's traffic, like that whole thing, that whole ceremony that we haven't had for like a whole year. Suddenly, like, you know, I recorded the radio, so I do that at 1130 in the morning, and then I have to calculate the traffic to make sure I get on time. And for example, today, it was my father's birthday, so we were having a lunch, and I just forgot that today is, is the first day of holidays in July here in Spain. And the traffic was crazy, crazy. And I'm like, I'm not getting to this lunch on time. And then I had a meeting afterwards and I was late again. I'm like, I don't like this new life. <laughs> <laughs> Where you, as opposed to you just sitting in front of a computer and just clicking on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems more efficient, but I mean, I, I think we'll get back to our normal ways of living somewhat, right? It's going to be, I think there's going to be a hybrid to, you know, I, I do enjoy the meetings on Zoom, but then I also enjoy the interactions with my friends. Let's just do happy hours and gatherings live and then meetings on Zoom. <laughs> so speaking about energy, I think that this is a great introduction to today's subject, which we were both thinking, maybe we should talk about this on the podcast because you read it everywhere and it's interesting. I mean... I don't know how you feel about it, Yemi, but for me, this was a discovery on something that in the very beginning, I was a little bit reluctant to really consider this, uh, maybe because you know me, I'm a little bit of a feminist and therefore, and you will know now what I'm talking about, but when we put those labels on things, I'm like, no, 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 I disagree. You know, we should, we're supposed to be free and gender free and all that stuff. But this 
subject today is about energies, and we want to talk about masculine and feminine energy. And it really is not so much a gender thing. It's which energy do you have more of and what happens when you're not experiencing your core energy and how this can affect many things, your relationships, how you approach a job, even maybe feelings of dissatisfaction or discontent with certain things, having difficulties coming into an agreement with somebody because this energy is clashing. And try for a moment to step away from the idea of seeing a man or a woman specifically in this masculine or feminine energy. And just think which of the two energies do you project and which one are you actually at core? And that those are like two separate questions. I think that's, that's great. And to just kind of have a little bit more clarity on masculine versus feminine energy, right? You, you can think although it's called masculine and feminine. And when you think of masculine, you think testosterone and you think feminine estrogen, right? And there's associated feelings and factors to those, those type of energy, or you can associate it with yin and yang energy as well, right? Which are dualities of energy that fits well together or can clash as well. And so like, how would we describe feminine and masculine energy? Like just so that we're not putting it in a, you know, a male or female perspective, you know, gender perspective, let's say, but as it relates to energy, what is a female energy outside of gender specific? Yeah, that, that's interesting that you point that out because that has to do with the yin and yang as well. So you would say that the yin is the more feminine energy and the yang, the more masculine energy. So what they say is that feminine energy is a water energy. And masculine is a fire energy. So only by saying that, you already get a sense of what that means. I know who I am. You have (laughs) no idea who you are. And the more you think you know who you are, that's where you're not who you are. Really? I don't need to tell you who I am. (laughs) Because you think you are that, but that's not what you are. You are that other thing that you don't see. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you think I am? Am I right at what I think I am? I don't know what you think you are. I know what I think that you think you are. (laughs) So, okay, well, let's, let's take a pause here. I'd like to, I think the best way to start having this conversation is probably seeing it in relationships, because that's like the first, the first look at these energies where you can really understand it very well. Now, you can have a feminine energy and a masculine energy, and it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman again. So let's imagine that you have, normally a woman will tend to have more of a feminine energy, and normally a man will tend to have more of a masculine energy, but it doesn't have to be that way. But there's this thing that's called the law of polarity. So the more there's polarity in between the feminine and the masculine, the higher the attraction you get that sense of the one that complements each other perfectly. But that doesn't mean like if a man is extremely masculine and a woman extremely feminine, there's going to be huge attraction, but that doesn't mean that the relationship is going to work. It means that they're gonna, there's going to be huge spark. But you need to have a little bit of a balance between the feminine and the masculine in order to also fulfill all the other things that nourish a relationship. And I think you will know exactly where where I go here, that in my last relationship, I can totally see the clash between the feminine and the masculine. 
I see the attraction, but there was no common ground to talk, to connect, to see each other. And those are the things that, that we want to sort of understand so that we can really see which part of us we need to bring in, in this relationship so that we can get closer to the other person. So are you saying that you can, you can um, have feminine and masculine energy, but not have, well, you said it, you can't have a relationship, right? Because there's also a, you could have a, a relationship that's not lasting, even though you, you have the fit of masculine and feminine energy between the two individuals, but yet it could be too polarized. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. So the polarization is going to create an attraction, like the magnet towards each other. Right, right. Like a sexual magnet. Exactly. Because then the day-to-day life will be so different that it'll be difficult to actually have the same goals and the same approaches that we're trying to, you know, have in common and so on. Because there's one thing that they say about feminine and masculine energy that I, that I think is very easy to, to get is that the masculine energy wants to empty. So they, the masculine energy is a giver energy. They're constantly emptying themselves. Whereas the feminine energy is the one filling up. So it is a receiver. It, it takes in whatever you give it. Whereas the masculine energy needs to get rid of things and it gives. So that's why the first thing where you can see that a feminine and masculine can connect really well is the masculine wants to give and the feminine wants to receive. But the beauty here that is also can clash as well, but feminine energy wants to experience love. That's like the core thing that the feminine energy wants to experience. And the masculine energy wants to experience freedom. So that's why I say if we don't have a little bit of a balance of that masculine and feminine inside of us, then the relationship will be difficult because the, if you're fully masculine, it'll be very difficult to really get that the feminine needs that love once in a while, right? Feminine makes small things big. Masculine makes big things small. And you can see this as a great skill to have. And at the same time, it can be very complicated if we don't look in the same direction. So what, what does that mean? Feminine energy will look into details. Feminine energy will see something and be like, oh, what is this? And take the time and explore and see what it is. And, you know, this, this really thorough way of, of approaching life. Masculine energy will find the solution. What is it? What does this need? Let's do it. So we don't make a whole story out of it. So that, as you can see, both things are great, but they can clash as well because then you're not spending the time to solve this with me or do this, you know, and then and the country will be the same. The other one will get very nervous about the fact that this is not being solved quickly, right? More things. The feminine energy wants to be owned. This is the one part about feminine energy that I had trouble with. <laughs> I don't know how this sounds to you. What do you mean? Oh, your feminine energy is just sparking at me. <laughs> <laughs> there is no feminine energy over here. <laughs> I'm all freedom. <laughs> I'm not- so wait, the feminine energy wants to be owned and the masculine energy wants freedom. To own. 
freedom. No, no, they don't need to own, but they want freedom. So this is the, then the other side of being owned is, is the freedom. Being owned for me, because when I heard this, like this is me being in my feminist mind thinking, I don't want to be owned. <laughs> Truth is you want to f- enter a safe space. You want to feel like you belong, like somebody is holding you, is taking you in. And if you think of owning in a very, from a healthy perspective, from a beautiful perspective, then it's, it's a different kind of energy. We're not thinking about being fragile, which was, was my first thought. Like, I don't need to be owned by anybody, but I do want to feel fully connected with someone so that the person really feels that I'm a part of that person. And that's where the ownership is used to express this. Is that the right word to be used then? Is owning the right word? Or is it like supported, feeling caressed, support or something like that to be one with somebody? You know, own just sounds so tangible. And (laughs) that's your belief around the word, which was similar to me. I opened up and I decided to think that maybe owning is not necessarily a bad thing if we try to look at it from a more loving perspective. But hey, you're free to think whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking of the definition of owning. That's all. <laughs> Very literally. So the feminine energy is very intuitive. It's empathic. It's all about emotion. It's fluid. I like that term. Feminine energy is fluid. So that means that The same way fire can be very strong and powerful, but it can destroy things. I like the idea of fluid because it sort of finds a way always to get in, right? Like water will always find the way to to continue going forward. Stormy, feminine energy, stormy Mm -hmm. and passionate. And it flows from moment to moment. Feminine energy flows from moment to moment. I like that one too because it's... uh, this idea of being fluid, of flowing in and out and with what is in each moment. Feminine energy craves adoration, love, and being admired and appreciated. So you make feminine energy very happy if you acknowledge what they're doing. If you tell them, hey, I see you. I, I'm seeing what you're doing and, I, and I'm grateful for that. It's an intelligent energy. They're, they're intelligent and loving. And compassion, emotions, empathy, and truth are the trademark of this energy. Now you're starting to feel more feminine, aren't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, nope. <laughs> so let me read this. And here they say, when you are strong in your feminine, you have a strong connection to your body and intuition. And you can make decisions based on what you feel in your heart. Hello, feminine energy. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the but. If you're too much in in your feminine, you can come across as weak and lose your personal power. The thing is that both energies are equally important, okay? So this is the feminine energy. Uh, What else is about the feminine energy? Oh, this I like. Feminine energy remembers. Masculine energy forgets. (laughs) Feminine energy hangs on. Masculine energy, let's go. And the feminine energy gathers. Masculine energy 
leaves. What context would that apply? Gathers and leaves. Well, in the feminine energy, because we talk about an energy that is made little things big, I think the feminine energy has the capacity of grabbing what's important and keeping it and preserving it for the future, this idea of protection. Whereas the masculine energy is so confident, it's such a powerful energy that it doesn't need to gather because it has that confidence of what's the next thing. I always find the next thing, right? That's the fire. So that's really the difference between the gathering and and leaving. Is it getting more difficult now to define which one you are? (laughs) No, I... I, I look at my traits and what comes out from the core, you know, and there's, I'm sure all of us have certain aspects to it. Right. And that a lot of it is the core that drives you right on a day to day. Like what is the core that you wake up to and your energy moves in a certain direction? We'll get to that because that's the part that is very interesting where you can start seeing where there's conflict in your life. And then you see which energy is pushing you or which one are you being in. And maybe you should shift to the other energy because that's the one that's going to allow you to connect to that situation better. I have a friend actually who she went, she had a couple of bad relationship experiences and also work experiences. And she was a very, I wouldn't want to say proactive kind of person, but at a certain point she was very feminine. But at a certain point, she started getting into a more masculine energy in a sort of defense mode. And so then she got into a new relationship and she went in with that masculine energy. And uh, she was actually the one that gave me the idea of, why don't we talk about this on the podcast? Because it helped her so much to understand this masculine and feminine energy. She realized that She did not allow her boyfriend to take the position of that masculine energy that he wanted. That was his core energy because she was bringing in a masculine energy to the relationship as well. So if we're both in charge, this is not going to work, right? And it has to be a little bit of both. Sometimes one will be more in the masculine, you know, in certain circumstances, but understanding this for her was a big game changer because she was able to have this deeper conversation with her boyfriend and try to see, you know, what is it that you're needing that I'm not allowing? And is this something that I'm comfortable with? So, so now she's practicing being in her feminine. This is her. They broke up, by the way. <laughs> that was it. That was it for the relationship. But now she got a lesson that was really helpful for her too, moving forward. So coming back to the masculine energy. So masculine energy, as I said, is fire, right? You think you're masculine energy, I think. <laughs> I truly believe I am. <laughs> Just from, but, but go through it and let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So masculine energy is all about taking action. Okay. Check. Loves to build. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Loves fixing things. I, I mean, I'm an engineer. <laughs> a masculine, that I do see this trait in you. A masculine sees a problem and immediately wants to fix it. Yeah, that's fixing, isn't it? Yeah, but there's one thing about fixing things, and then the other one is a problem like, no, we've got to solve the problem, right? Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, like physically fixing things, like a mechanic kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not me. <laughs> 
But I do see you as a problem solver, though. That definitely. So that's that's part of the masculine energy. Another thing is, as I said before, the very masculine energy is protective. That's that like an instinct of the masculine energy. The feeling safe, like they make the feminine energy feel safe. And in this sense, the feminine energy is looking for that masculine energy, right? The masculine energy is also very strong, very stable, confident. Obviously, it's a very confident energy. And this confidence allows the masculine energy to make quick decisions, right? This confidence is good for decision-making. It's a very decisive energy. They know what they want. They go after it. They go get it. The guide for masculine energy is direction and purpose. Direction and purpose. I do see that, though. (laughs) All of the above, except for the fixing mechanics. (laughs) Competitive? Competitive. It's a competitive energy. Are you competitive? Sometimes I'm, I'm very competitive, but I have I had to slow it down because my competitive nature was hurting me more than anything. So I had to, you know. Um, but I'm a very competitive person. Logical. Because the energy of a masculine energy is very logical. It's more practical, more analytic. The analytics side, I can see myself. I think now you brought in more emotions, but for a while, you've probably been more on your masculine energy, maybe. Yeah. And um, as I said before, they don't hold on to things. So they just let go. Whatever happens, happens and move on to the next thing. And it doesn't matter if it's a thing that's tangible or an emotion. It's an experience. Let it go quickly. It's an independent energy. It's analytical. And appropriately used, it's creative, it's practical, and it's visionary. Um, Misused, it can end in ego, anger, resentment, and have a lot of inner conflict. So in a nutshell, that's a little bit about the power of polarity and what we want to understand about ourselves. So the question to you would be, are you a masculine or a feminine at your core? masculine at my core 1000 percent. i have no doubt about it <laughs> do you think that you have a balance in the masculine and feminine energy with uh, your husband 100 percent, and that's why we have a good relationship because we have these conversations of how we support each other in our marriage right um, what I bring to the table in that in, in a sense and what he brings to the table in a sense of how we care for our daughter, how we manage our home or, you know, build our lives together. So he's the one that wants the love and support and I want the freedom. Right. And so remember I was all over the country <laughs> traveling and everything. Cause I, you know, that independence is very important to me. And he was home with Harper, right? And he's the supportive one and the caring one. And I am too, but like he comes from that core. And so it's, you know, and we have a very, and we're not completely polarized either. And so I, I I mean, we have our frictions, but, but yeah, we do have a, a very good yin and yang relationship in a sense. That's awesome. That is difficult actually to find because most of the time, and this is where the gender characteristics that we apply to each gender sort of force us to behave in a certain way. And that's where the, the, the difficulty happens because it's hard for us to figure out 
How can I be so feminine when I, at my core, I feel this masculine energy in me, right? So I start behaving in a way that is not really who I am. And that's where we start creating all these unhealthy relationships and it becomes more and more difficult. And also, on the other hand, we expect men to be always in that masculine energy. So even though they might be feminine at their core, we don't allow them to express their feminine energy. Imagine, like, this is very good to see because with your husband there, he has maybe more of a feminine energy. If you would force him to be in his masculine energy, and maybe sometimes you've asked him to, I don't know if you can think of maybe a conversation around something where you would really say, I want you to be in your masculine. I want you to take care of something or whatever that is, where that conversation is extremely uncomfortable. You're seeing the other person in pain because you're asking them to push themselves to something where they don't want to be or the reverse. Maybe he was demanding this from you. He wanted you to bring in a more feminine energy that you just don't feel connected with. And it's like, you're asking me to be somebody else. This is not me. And you know, I, I think that, again, you know, with, with, there's that ego side of things, right? Especially on the, on the male side. Like since we're all women talking here, you know, when we look at it from a male perspective and they, who's going to have the biggest shield to being pointed at having a feminine energy, right? Although men can have feminine energy, but they won't adopt to it or they won't, you know, um, just because of the ego, right? And that's, that could be a reason why there are so many poor relationships too, because they're putting themselves in a position where they're not true to themselves, to what they should be and how they should act so that they could attract the right energy as well. Right. So yeah, because energy attracts energy, you, you attract the energy that you need. And so when you're putting off the wrong energy, including, right, because you're, you're, you have this front, this, like, let's say that, you know, there's that egotistical side, the masculinity, you're going to attract the, the really feminine polarized opposite as well, right? And so now you have two polar opposites attracted each other on a sexual level, but then that balance isn't there because the two polarized individuals are, need to be mindful and aware that they somehow have to, you know, find that that middle ground, right? Because there's still, although you come from that core, you, you, there's still variables. I mean, variance, right? There's an extreme on both sides. And so being mindful of how do you get yourself to more of the middle with that same energy and knowing that that's where you come from. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. It's, it's great, actually, because it really brings this up. Like we, we're brought up in a way where we're expected to be a certain way, right? Feminine or masculine. And, and this is just expected from us. So I would really encourage everybody to just sit with yourself for a moment and just see what is your behavior and question it. Like, am I doing this from a feminine or a masculine energy? And what would it feel like if I did it from a masculine instead of a feminine or vice versa? So that you can really tap into this idea start experiencing it because we can talk about the theory for hours, but this really is something that you experience in your body in your daily life. And try to see if when you switch that energy, which one feels more like you, which one feels easy, which one feels like, ah, oh, finally, you know, now I'm me, now I can do this. And 
I, I see that, you know, in that idea of, because we talk about feminism, we mix that up with bringing in masculine energy. And I think one of the realities that we've been facing is that because women were entering the working environment in a whole masculine world, instead of bringing in their feminine energy and that's it, they sort of switched their inner energy into a very masculine energy to fit in this environment, not knowing that actually bringing in a feminine energy can be a great balance with that masculine energy. But we never gave ourselves that opportunity. The feminine energy is needed. And that's the thing, right? Because the the whole reason it's lopsided is because of the extreme masculine energy that's dominating, right? And so when, when I look at it from, you know, when we look at feminism and there's this adoption of masculine energy as opposed to just, you know, being yourself, having the feminine energy and bringing it to the table to show that we're feminine and yet we can still be leaders. We can still, you know, rule this world in a sense or lead this world in a sense, right? But that adoption of the masculine energy just shows that this is what we need in this world. And you're right. All all we've done is adopt to the masculine energy, to the men, the way they are and say, oh, you're right. You know, I, although I have these sexual reproduction parts, but my energy, I, I've just adopted, (laughs) you know, I've just adopted your energy because you're right. That's the energy that you're basically being compliant to that. Right. And so that's where from a, you know, if we look at it from a feminism perspective, like, we have to be very mindful of how, what we bring to the table. And if we're really saying that we're, we need to counteract this energy, then we need to bring the opposite to that table and help the opposite. Right. And so that's just my view on it. And at the same time, I love it. I, I agree totally. But at the same time, because there's like slight, slight difference here, but when we as women give ourselves the freedom to bring in masculine energy into our lives. Like, yes, you're a woman. And yes, you can have masculine energy at the same time, right? Like on the one hand is the fact that we're going to work with masculine energies doesn't mean that we have to have a masculine energy. But on the other hand, the fact that you're a woman doesn't necessarily mean that you have to live with the feminine energy at your core. And it's fine. So those two things, I I think, are, are the reason why looking at those masculine and feminine energy can help us a lot because in the end, what we're trying to do is to live more authentically from our core, from who we really are, connect with people, right? Because we talked about longevity and relationships and how important connection is. So understanding these energies as a way of having more powerful relationships and being happier. There was a study that I I talked about the other day on, on my radio show that is the happiness study from Harvard. And uh, Robert Waldinger, who's the psychiatrist that is, uh, take, has taken over uh, the research project that started in 1938, and uh, he has been my teacher in mindfulness. But the one thing that they discovered, and you're going to like this, is that the health that you will have at the end of your life is directly proportionate to the quality of the relationship that you have. So it's not so much about if you have a relationship with your partner where you bicker and, you know, sometimes you get a little bit upset at each other, but the fact that you know that you can count on your partner and have a a healthy relationship there where you support each other, 
apparently was one of the parameters that they could really follow and see that that was a marker that established the health of the person at the end of their lives. So this is a way of building better relationships, living healthier, <laughs> understanding these, these entities, right? Yeah, well, when you look at all all the research and the Blue Zone research as well, it's all about community, right? Everybody, that's how they're able to have that community and they're able to live to 100. It's, it's all based around community. There's so much research around it right now that, you know, and you can see it during this past year and a half with COVID, there was a rise in mental health issues, right? And, and that's, that's going to be something that we're going to start seeing over the next year, what type of health related issues we're going to definitely have with the, the, the broken down system of, of, of our community during that whole, pro- the whole COVID past year and a half, because people, you have to imagine now, you know, people that lived in small little apartments that were basically at the time, when you look at it, it was a jail. You're in a little box in an apartment in these buildings and you can't, you know, it was like a, a mental jail. Mostly. This is interesting because that was part of the study was that people who were lonely or alone, it was a marker like tobacco or alcoholism. Mm-hmm. It had the same impact on health. Yes, yes. So. This makes a lot of sense, what you're saying. Yeah. And so that's, you know, we're, that's why there, there was a big rise in real estate down here because people were living, leaving the city where they had these apartments. They were coming down to Florida to buy a home so that they could be outside and be. And we were very, Florida was liberal down here. You know, the, our government was very liberal with how we interact. We were, people were out at bars and stuff like that with masks on and everything, you know. And so it was, People needed that. People needed that, that connection. It was just like something that they needed, regardless of, you know, what the laws and restrictions that were, they just needed to be out with people. You know, you can see it to the core, right? Yes, I totally. I think that you, you hit a point here that makes all the sense in the world that that's maybe the main reason why it was difficult to get people to want to wear masks, to accept staying at home, because all of those restrictions actually distance us from others. And we don't want to be distant from others, right? We want to be together. And actually people will be even more afraid when they're going through a pandemic. So they need they need it even more, the fact that they can connect with other people. And that is probably a good lesson from the pandemic that we should, I hope that we all learn, that it is important that we, we create structures that, that we can support systems that we have but maybe we didn't pay a lot of attention to that in the past and that that is really the core of of our happiness really in our in our health is going through a pandemic having support is very different than going through a pandemic totally by yourself right yeah i, I knew a lot of people that said that during this pandemic that loneliness that suffering was a suffering for them it is that's why i say that you see in the study how loneliness was compared to tobacco and alcoholism. That says a lot. That already in itself says everything, right? So, so yeah. So we're going to have to go. I can't believe time's always up. <laughs> we, it's good. Because otherwise, Yambi and I start talking, and then we end up talking oh, about aliens. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, we just jumped off topic. <laughs> Which energy are you then at your core? 
Oh, masculine. masculine. Yeah, I have no doubt about it. <laughs> I don't know yet because I feel very feminine, but I also feel very masculine. <laughs> well, maybe you're in the middle. Maybe that's balanced. But what is your core? I guess you have to identify it, really. You're going to have to really identify. You want me to tell you what you are? I'm going to tell you what you are. You're feminine. Sorry. You're feminine. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to practice being my feminine. I'm going to do that this week and then I'll let you know how comfortable I was. This I'm like, is I'm why gonna you be and I have feminine. such a great relationship, right? Because we're right there. We're yin and yang in our feminine masculine energy. <laughs> But this, guys, if you're listening, it, it's not just for for like love relationships. It works with work relationships as well. If you have a partner that you work with and it's like your guys are clashing all the time, maybe you both want to be the leaders. Maybe you both want to end up quickly. But the good thing between masculine and feminine energy at work is that it brings the best of the project because we're both seeing everything, right? So um so yeah, hope it helps you guys. Let us know. Uh, remember that we have our Facebook page, The Art of Becoming Wonder Women. And you can join the group and share with us how this experience is. If you've tested any of your masculine or feminine energies and um, just hit a like and subscribe to our podcast and share with everybody that this exists and we love to create a community. <laughs> Yemvi, thank you so much. Thank you, Yesuda. You've been listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Women, the podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community. If you haven't yet, join our private Facebook page and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another Wonder Women conversation. Our podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any question you may have regarding a medical condition.